Hi, I'm Amy Halper Laugh. Welcome to Ethical Schools, where we discuss strategies for creating inclusive and equitable schools and youth programs that help students to develop commitment and capacity to building ethical institutions. Our guest today is Leo Ackley. Leo is an American who has lived in Finland for 47 years. He retired after 37 years as a teacher in the Finnish school system, where he taught high school art, the history of architecture, design and history of construction engineering and engineering. Leo is also an accomplished artist whose work has been exhibited across the EU. Welcome, Leo. <laughs> what an introduction. Thank you very much for all of that. Leo, you married a Finnish citizen and moved to Finland almost half a century ago. How did yes. you become a teacher? I kind of fell into it. When I first came to this country, I worked in the industry as a welder. I graduated, uh, majored in art in, in college. And you know what a, that's worth. <laughs> I very quickly realized that uh, something had to be done. So I went back to trade school and I became an uh, arc welder. And that arc welding put my wife through graduate school. And uh, we were floating in money for a while. But then she got a teaching position up in northern Finland, and so we had to both run up there. And so I started teaching then kind of part-time and in evenings and this and that. And then uh, it snowballed after that. And within about uh, 10 years, why I was more or less a full-time teacher in my own area, in the arts, because there's a, there's a provision in the Finnish school system that a teacher or a school can pull in, call in, and what is called an outside expert, a person who is qualified in their own area, and they can teach with permission of the teacher or the school, and they don't have to be a qualified teacher. The teacher or the school qualifies them, essentially. And my qualification was a membership in the Finnish National Artists Association. And this continued snowballing till eventually then I was, I taught uh, nearly full time in a school of architecture and then from there into uh, a computer visualization for construction engineers. But I also have a technical and science background and eventually I was actually teaching engineering and writing equations on the blackboard. So yes. <laughs> yeah. Well. We hear a lot about the excellence of Finnish schools here in the U.S. What are some of the key unifying principles that makes the system so good? Uh, I think I, I've been here long enough that I have seen this evolving. And in the 70s, the Finnish school system was rather different. It was highly regulated by the Ministry of, of Education, and there were standardized tests and uh, all of the woes that go with those things. Curriculum was highly detailed, and the, uh, the textbooks were always pre-selected. The teachers and the schools had no say in that and so forth. I mean, this, this sounds very like the American uh, system. But then there was more or less a rebellion against this arrangement, against this way of teaching, starting in the 80s. And by the 90s, things had ironed out pretty well so that administration was pretty much eliminated from any say in curriculum. 
and the school system is centered on teachers. The administration serves the teacher, not the way around. And although there are recommendations by the Ministry of Education, they are only that, and no teacher is obligated to follow even the barest outline of what is uh, what has been suggested by the Ministry of Education. I might add here that the threshold for becoming a teacher in this country is very high. One must have a master's degree and have studied the history of English and know Anglo-Saxon in order to teach high school English. So the way it's set up is that teachers are highly qualified. It takes a long time to become a teacher, and then you are free in the classroom. And at that point, then, the Finnish school system took off, and that was the point at which the uh, international test scores, the PISA scores, and so forth, were hitting the ceiling. And I don't see any turning back here. Right. Leo, who led this rebellion in the 80s? Well, I couldn't say for sure, but it was uh, it was debated in Parliament. It was editorials in the newspaper, letters to the editor. There was uh, this is a small enough country that something like this pops up and it becomes a national discussion topic. Mm. And the national discussion topics, you know, can be. I, I think in many places, especially larger countries, would be considered quite ridiculously trivial. Switzerland is another example where they have maybe 10 elections a year, you know, and on very, very trivial things like dog licensing, you know, and then there's another mm-hmm. national election. You see. But, but if the country is small enough and the people have an identity that is strong enough with the country, why this goes over. It's like a group of not just friends, but practically family sitting around and hashing things out. Wow. Hey, there's only... 5.3 million people in this country all together. And we have yeah. our own non-Indo-European language that is not understood any place outside of the borders of this country. And then the history of this country is such that it has given this the Finns a very strong sense of identity. But, okay, well, this is just background. But against this background, then you can see that the country, the big Finnish family, gets together and discusses how are we going to teach our children. And they decided that they're going that they to turn the teaching over to the teachers, which I guess in many places sounds quite radical, but it has been spectacularly successful here. Yeah. Leo, is the quality of education consistent throughout Finland? I do... For example, poorer areas receive the same level of education as the more well-to-do areas? There is a regional variation, of course. Distant rural or even wilderness areas wouldn't have some of the special teaching. And then there are theme high schools, for instance, where all instruction is in German or all instruction is in English or all instruction is uh, centered around computer technology or around the visual arts and so forth. And these are only in the larger cities. And people actually you know, send their uh, children to live with relatives or something near this big city to get into this, uh, these kind of programs. But in general, yes, the basic education 
is very, very consistent across the whole country. And again, the country is small enough, you know, that, that mm-hmm. this is very possible. Everybody knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, as I understand it, students in Finland have relatively little homework. I mean, what role does homework play? <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I'm not, uh, my end of the teaching, you know, in the architecture and uh, visual arts, I was, I would very seldom assign homework. However, my oldest grandchild now, is she is uh, 16, and I sometimes tutor her in this and that, you know, and I am absolutely surprised by the amount of, or the absence of homework that she has. And it works. It sounds stupidly simple, but as soon as people get interested in something, they start learning about it. And the best, the best way to turn somebody off from being interested in it is to force them to spend their free time slaving over their homework. Uh, I remember just, just a few months ago now, my granddaughter was very confused about the chemistry and electron levels and uh, quantum mechanical explanation of uh, chemical bonds and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I took an hour and went through all of this with her. And then she didn't open the book again and got all A's on all tests after that. She just, you know, soaked it up. It sounded interesting, so she soaked it up. Mm-hmm. And it, the idea is so blazingly simple that I don't understand why this is not followed in other, other places. Well, it mm-hmm. is starting to be. It is starting to be. I've noticed in the last several years that the... Uh, PISA scores of Finland here, the international mm-hmm. scores, you know, are not quite in number one, but now are number two or three or something like that. And the reason is there are some other countries horning in that are also welfare states like Sweden, Denmark, Norway, you know, Germany, and so forth. And they are far wealthier than this country. And so they can pump much more money into the system. And so they are having even more spectacular results. Hmm. The standard of living in this country is pretty high, actually. But it's not at the real top. I would say it's at the bottom of the top. Okay. How does Finland accommodate students with special needs? (laughs) My other granddaughter has a severe problem with uh, a retarded learning. She's 11, and she is doing work on the level of a, of a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. There's a special set of schools that are aimed only at these people. And she is, uh, she's a full-time student in a special school for people that have been specially trained in dealing with children with learning problems and severe learning problems. Mm-hmm. Luckily, my son had a, a job in Florida for several years, and the family lived there. Florida has the same quality of uh, programs for special needs students. And so she just plugged into that immediately, and, and she also speaks English besides Finnish, and so there was no interruption whatsoever, and it was mm. perfect timing every way. But other special needs? Ah, if somebody is uh, especially talented in music, there's a whole system of music schools 
that go all the way from preschool level to the Sibelius Academy in Helsinki. And people wow. who are talented in music are, are selected and pushed forward in this system. It's a whole independent system. Unfortunately, it's not in the visual arts, the parallel one, but in the music it is. And the result, of course, has been that the, this country is a music superpower. If you look at all of the Finnish names of conductors of symphony orchestras around the world, you will find an inordinately large number of them. Top soloists in the many instruments, opera singers, a Finn, a Finn, 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 they're every place. And this is because of this uh, special parallel music school system in this country. Are there any other special schools or parallel systems, or is it just music? Well, of course, you can go on other directions and you can become a car mechanic or you can become a construction worker or, or whatever. And there are trade schools that train people in the, uh, these industrial areas and train them to be very highly skilled workers. And they put up the skyscrapers and, you know, and there aren't any stupid redneck construction workers hanging out, you know, goofing off. They are all highly schooled. This, oh. is, this is Finland. <laughs> <laughs> it all sounds very democratic, frankly. <laughs> um, how are students who emigrate from other countries and speak other languages integrated into the Finnish system? They are, um, the universities now, a lot of teaching is in English. Actually, a majority of teaching is in English. And for me, this was a, a teaching in the technical institute, like I did for some years, was a gold mine because they, they needed instruction in some of these areas in English and no one else, all the other teachers were afraid of it, you know. So bingo, you know, I got to, uh, lots of teaching hours. The uh, foreign students, uh, this Vasa here where I live is a, is a university city. And our apartment here is in an area of the city where there are student apartments, you know, that are provided by the university. And actually, I seldom hear Finnish around here. It's Chinese. And the, uh, one of the uh, glories of the Finnish school system has been the teaching of foreign languages and especially English. When I first came here, nobody spoke English. It was a great boon to me because complete immersion in Finnish, okay? So I had to learn it. Uh, but these days, everybody begins studying English in the uh, second grade. And it's required. And it goes all the way through uh, high school. And I, it would be difficult to find anybody under 40 who couldn't hold a good, re a reasonable conversation in English in this country. Right. So if there are a lot of... Uh, foreign students in the university classroom, uh, no problem. Everybody switches to English. Hmm. And what about in the lower grades? Lower grades? Um, my eldest granddaughter is going to an English language middle school, and they have a lot of uh, foreign students. This, this is a country that is sought after by foreign students, and this city... This city has an agreement. The city and the university has an agreement with uh, a city in China, and they send a certain number 
like I mean, it's about a hundred these days of their top students every year to the University of Vasa, and uh, City of Vasa makes some. Actually, they make money off of it, <laughs> but everybody comes out ahead because you can't beat the Finnish technological schools again, mm. which is where they mostly are. These these Chinese students. I taught in this one of the technological schools where there were a lot of Chinese. Chinese were a little bit irritating because they were always the best ones in the class, always. But you have to assume that because the city that in China that we have an agreement with has 12 million people, and they select their hundred best students a year. Well, you know, they're going <laughs> to yeah. they're going to be good. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Um, what about discipline? In the U.S., we've seen a move of late from punishment to restorative justice practices. What does discipline look like in Finnish schools? I did never heard of any disciplinary problems. The one lone boy, you know, with his uh, ADHD problems or whatever, but then he will be put into special programs. I'm not aware of any special disciplinary problems in the Finnish schools. That's so, different. <laughs> I, this dovetails quite nicely with the, what has been going on, the, the reforms and the change of uh, focus in the schools, because if it's teacher-centered and learning-centered, and like, you know, the kids are learning a lot without any homework because they are motivated to just be interested in it and to look into it. What kid is going to rebel against this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, y- you've told us that, you know, teachers are very well prepared, well qualified. It's not easy to become a teacher in Finland. Are they paid commensurately? No. <laughs> That's the only drawback. <laughs> no, they're not. I'm not quite sure what the pay scales are. You can make quite a bit more money being a highly skilled construction worker. Uh, there, no one would go into teaching for the money. Right. And maybe this assures a high quality. I don't think anybody thought that out. Hmm. Yeah. Are there incentives for experienced teachers to stay in the classroom and not become administrators, for example? Um, not that I'm aware of, no. No. Uh, one of the technical schools that I taught at had a, a tradition that the, uh, the position of principal, the rector, was uh, revolving, and some teacher would assume the position of the principal uh, of the school for one year, and then would go to somebody else. And most of the teachers that had been there for a long time, you know, it was basically seniority, had at one point or other served a year as principal. But then uh, again now, administrators now for about 25 or 30 years have been at the service of teachers. And this colors the, everything that happens. It must. It must. Well, Leo, this has been fascinating. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Oh, let me see. I, I probably will think of it tomorrow. 
Personally, this has been quite a ride. Learning, I am fluent in Finnish, and I have taught quite a bit in Finnish. And uh, outside of the home here, I uh, only speak English with a few people. And and then the the sense of togetherness that there is in this country is remarkable. It's less now than it was in the 70s. But this was a small country that was colonized for 800 years by first Sweden and then by Russia. And then had enormous good luck in the 19th and early 20th century and was propelled into independence uh, with a a ready-made parliament and ready-made national literature and national art styles already developing. And then the country was threatened in 1939 and then again from 42 to 44, uh, war with the Soviet Union, two wars with the Soviet Union. And it was touch and go. This country could have disappeared. It could have become a part of the Soviet Union. Uh, would have been a very highly neglected border area of the Soviet Union uh, and the culture just ground out of existence. But somehow the Finns muddled through. And this has resulted in, in a feeling, you know, that then it was after that, after the war, that the welfare system and all of this was put together. And I heard so often in the 60s and said, I, I stumbled into this country already in the 60s. In the 60s and 70s, I heard so often people explaining to me how the system worked, and it was always our system. This is how we do things. This is us doing it. And everybody identified with the welfare system. Everybody identifies with the educational system. There's no sense of the government being some force from above that is uh, uh, running people's lives. It's, I mean, it's, it's assumed, you know, like any other civilized country, they have a na- we have a national health care system. And no one, no, one, no one in their right mind would object to the, to the taxes. <laughs> but they're not that high. The average is about 22%. And for that, you get complete coverage, health care insurance, uh, schooling, kindergarten to uh, doctoral thesis, and world-class infrastructure. It's, you know, I mean, right. we did it. We yeah. did it. We br- we built this system. That's how it's, uh, things are thought here. Yeah, that's great. I guess what you're not paying for is militarization. <laughs> <laughs> and this country is actually armed to the teeth with really? uh, high-tech guided missile weapons on F-16s, super F-16s, and we have universal conscription. And uh, about, a, about a third of the young women volunteer for military uh, uh, service. Mm. But this is a long-standing Finnish tradition. The Finnish idea, the strategy, is that, okay, some country, which shall remain unnamed, that is lurking in the East, could take this country over they, because their military is so much bigger. However it would be so expensive for them and so much trouble that maybe we are just a better trading part. So they maintain this defense system that is really large by European standards. I didn't realize that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Leo Ackley. 
Mm-hmm. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. You can check out our podcast episodes and articles at our website, ethicalschools.org, or on Facebook, Twitter, at Ethical Schools, and Instagram. Till next week. <laughs>